There's been no one to say the first goodbye Had to love and lose a hundred million times Had to get it wrong to know just what I like Now I'm falling You say my name like I have never heard before I'm indecisive but this time I know for sure I hope I'm not the only one Welcome to episode 133 of the No Clue Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. We got a big trade to start. Um, Carson Wentz has been traded to the Indianapolis Colts for two first round picks, I believe. I know two picks. I believe they're both first round. Um, I thought it was a good move. I, I don't have like a crazy reaction to it. Oh, second round and third round. Yeah, we talked about it here. I think you mentioned them as one of the good places for wins. Yeah. They they honestly were a good place for any of the upper-level free agent quarterbacks. You consider Wentz one of the upper levels? <laughs> not not at the moment, but I'm not yeah. I haven't given up on him. I got gotcha. you. You know, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks have one really bad year. Yeah. Uh and I think you know, I don't know how much Philly is to blame, but now we get to see if it was Philly's lack of talent or Wentz is just not a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I liked Indianapolis is because we get a chance to see if he's really good. Right. But he's got all the tools there to, to like be a, a potential Super Bowl team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... The things that they did this year, you know, were surprising. People had them as possible Super Bowl, you know, making it to the Super Bowl if they had a good quarterback this year. If Rivers, you know, pulled it together. Um, but and my and my thing was not so much that Rivers wasn't good because he was good at times. Yeah. But the problem is, like at this point, he's not really a creative quarterback. Right. And sometimes you just need that, like, spark of, like, a wild play, like a broken play. Mm-hmm. And they just never had that with Rivers, whereas even if Wentz isn't great, he gives them creativity. Absolutely. Yeah, he does. I think he's going to excel there. They definitely have the... Um, he's back with his guy, too. Who? The coach? Uh, the, the coach. I can't remember his name, but the the coach that was in Philly when he was... MVP. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The name escapes me, but he's one of the assistants there. Frank Wright. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, and it's actually a second rounder and a third round pick. So I mean, yeah, still so both really good picks. Indy isn't like giving away, you know, a couple years with with the trade. No, definitely not. And and again, it's good for the Eagles because they need depth like desperately right so they these picks give them a chance to do that yeah they'll get one from this year the third rounder is this year's pick yeah I like it I like it for both teams I I, I'm hearing things about Philly possibly still getting a quarterback in the draft which would be surprising but I'm not I wouldn't be mad at it yeah I wouldn't be mad at it 
uh, whether he starts or not, um, I think, you know, Hurts Hurts hasn't had a full year. He hasn't had as much of a, you know, in basketball, it's a green light because, you know, different sport guys can shoot as much as they want. I haven't seen Hurts get that chance to take those shots in a way. You know what I'm saying? And and he, uh, yeah, uh, he excelled with a coach who was reluctant to play him. Right. So and, now now we really get to see what he could do. Yeah, and a coach reluctant to even... Um, who seemed uh, not confident in his talent. Yes. So uh, I would like to see him with a quote-unquote green light, with some freedom. Uh, I, I, think, I think all of Philadelphia would want to see him with some freedom, see if he can be what they think he could be. But yes. last year was definitely not it. I mean, he they threw a game from him, so it's like <laughs> if if that doesn't tell you the coach had no confidence in him, then I don't know what does, you know. Right. All right. Okay. Anything else in football? Um. No, you know, the free agency hasn't gotten going yet. Uh, we'll definitely talk about the like the big signings, any other big trades that happen. Yeah, for sure. There's some big free agents, man. I mean, JJ Watt is gonna be huge. He, yeah, he might be a game changer. I I hope he goes to a team that's a contender, because uh, you know I've read that he may take a a deal just somewhere to get some money for now, and then go to a contender after that. He may take a small deal just for a big bucks and then just go for a ring later in his career, which, I mean, I get that, but it's not that smart. Uh, I'd like to see him go to someone right now that could do something special. I like the Browns for him. I've been seeing that lately. I think the Browns, they're close. Yeah, I'm curious how much some of these, like, you know, teetering contenders are willing to pay for him. Yeah. Uh, I also like the the lineman or or linebacker from Tampa, Barrett. Yeah. He he looks like he's going to be a huge signing if if he doesn't stay there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Tampa Bay has like three big free agents, right? Yeah, Godwin could help not everybody, but there's a couple places he'd fit very well in. I think. Yeah, Godwin would be really nice. Uh, all the receivers I've seen, well, most of the receivers I've seen, the best fits that ESPN and some of the other websites have them for is the Ravens. As if, like, the Ravens just need a really good receiver. All the receivers that are available, they say, oh, best fit, Ravens. Yeah, that's not it. <laughs> that's not right. the Ravens' solution. It's not. It's not. All right, uh, basketball. Let's let's talk about the big debate: Draymond and LeBron. Well, first, Draymond talked about the double standards when it came to uh, benching Andre Drummond, which we'll get to that. But that the uh, team can do what's best for the team when it comes to benching someone and not playing them, but a player can't choose to be benched 
choose to not play because that's what's best for him. That's to sum it up. I'm I'm not gonna quote him. If you wanna find out exactly what Draymond said, if you don't already know, you can go look it up. It was a lot. He made a no. He pointed to a number of examples. Yeah. Uh, not Harden wasn't a good example, by the way. Not at all. Uh, but you know the Kyrie point made sense. I'm. What did you think about what he said? Uh, I think that. Everyone can argue their side of things, but when it comes to the impact of the decision, the players, the players' decision is so much so minor compared to what the team has to decide. Like it's, I understand that players should play where they want to play, right? But when it comes to your employer, your employer just doesn't just say, "Hey, man." I know you're looking for another job. You don't have to come to work until you find another job. Right. They don't do that. Uh, and the thing is, the team has to answer for how many fans? Millions, right? Yep. The player only has to answer for his own pocket. It only affects him, the player's decisions. The team's decision affects the rest of the team, by the way, and everyone who watches the games and everyone who comes to the games so it's like the player sacrifices nothing but they actually sacrifice nothing because their money is guaranteed the team sacrifices millions and millions of dollars with each decision they make with every player so the only way for Draymond's idea to work is if when guys sat out, they never got paid. Like, if 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 Harden said, I'm going to sit out, I don't want to play, and then he didn't get paid for every game he sat out, then Draymond would have a good argument. Because then there would be some money on the line for the player. But the fact that Anthony Davis and those guys could sit out for a full year and still make $30 million shows that the team and the player aren't, they don't have the same stakes you know what I'm saying yeah because the team giving up someone who's worth 30 million dollars they lose that much Houston losing Harden probably lost them at least probably 20,000 in ticket sales instantly and how many in jersey sales instantly and it lost them however much Harden's contract is because they got nothing for him you know what pisses me off? It, it's the way he presented his argument. Because mm-hmm. he presents it as if players don't get all the accommodations that y- you mentioned. Right. And there's like infinite... Over the years, play, like players' value has only ever increased. Yeah. Now, you like it's gotten to the point where if you're a bad NBA player... You you're not even worried about like you're getting handled financially. You're still getting taken care of, right? You you get especially for the upper level star players. They literally get everything they want, <laughs> right? And that's the thing. Nobody questions when a role player sits out, right? Because that doesn't matter. Right, but when star play like star players have the obligation to carry the franchise, mm-hmm. 
like to me you're you're getting uh when you get hurt they accommodate any of your concerns you want extra time off you want your minutes managed they're literally prioritizing your health over winning basketball games look at the clippers right yeah clippers are a prime example of stars literally getting whatever they want yeah and and again he implies like it's like this unfair balance when all it really is is please don't criticize us for looking out for our own best interests for being selfish right <laughs> right like like you have the right to be selfish but i root for the team right so when i don't like if i'm a new orleans fan and you don't want to play i don't fucking like that <laughs> exactly like yeah. he, again he he makes it seem like this like narrative that it's all there like they're they're not entitled to do that. Right. You see, when they want to sit out, they sit out. Yeah. But you don't get to sit out and not be criticized when we have a problem with why you're sitting out. Yeah. That's my problem, really. Like, he just, he makes it seem like the players get this, like, unfair criticism when the criticism is genuine. It is. It's not like, you know, the, the stuff with the fans when they're getting kicked out. They're not just hating on you randomly. <laughs> right. That's what's bizarre to me. Again, if he if he just worded it as the criticism should be distributed evenly depending on the decision, mm-hmm. that's fine. You're right. Mm-hmm. But when you start pointing at examples where the player, like, goes out of his way to be selfish... Yeah. If, if Harden just sat out... I, and didn't you know go to strip clubs and do all this random nonsense that would have been fine yeah again we would have had a problem with him not playing because you know we kind of think old school guys should play when they're under contract yeah but again it's it's regular criticism for actions that as fans we don't like and on the flip side regarding the situation now Drummond is still getting paid right <laughs> like nothing is changing. That's yeah, that's the other thing. Like you're not sitting and like giving up income. And the thing is, they're sitting him cuz he wasn't playing. They already said, "Look, we're moving to- towards Jared Allen. You want to suit up or you want to wear whatever you want on the bench. Either way, you're not playing." Right. So it's like, what's the problem? And the thing is, to me, I'd rather them not play me then me go out there and get an injury and then a team just wave me as soon as they pick me up which we've seen that happen uh Monty Yunus shout out to him whatever wherever he is again nobody was mad at Drummond for sitting out by the way nobody that's that's like he he included Drummond like like that's where it started like dude Harden wasn't he didn't just sit out he was disrespectful to the franchise but but um Draymond's problem is that the team can force Drummond to sit out. But if Harden just wants to sit out, it's a problem. But the team can make Drummond sit out and it's not a problem. That's I mean that, that's one thing Draymond is mad about. But Again, the thing I... is they're not really making him. They're trying to secure keep him let him keep his assets. But yeah, that's th- that decision gets made because the franchise acknowledges you want to leave we're trying to make that happen for you while still taking care of ourselves and still paying you 
Right. That's the and like I said, that's the thing. Now, if players every time they sat out, they did not get paid, then I would say Drummond has some merit because if I can sit out and not get paid, and you can force me to sit out and not get paid, like I understand Draymond's argument if that was a fact that the players didn't get paid, but I'm sitting here sitting on the bench making forty million. Who cares if I'm playing? I mean, Drummond is still the highest paid player on Cleveland. So, you know, it's not like they're taking money out of his pocket. Again, it, I, I basically heard, don't criticize us for looking out for ourselves. Right. Because you don't criticize teams. If to teams, if we don't like the fact that their teams are looking to trade a guy, we, we're getting mad at the teams. <laughs> right. So, and then... Uh, Again, it affects so much revenue, so much more revenue than the players even make. So it's like, you know, we've seen, does he not remember everyone burning LeBron's jersey when he left Cleveland? Right. And he left during free agency. So imagine if LeBron sat out a year and did that. The whole city would be up in flames. (laughs) Exactly. So... And then the team would have to answer to something that LeBron did selfishly. So it's like, and they always do. The team still has to answer because they still go and ask Nash why Kyrie isn't playing. They still go and ask Steven Silas, is he expecting Harden? It still comes back to the team. It still comes back to the GMs. Yeah, I I don't understand why... Again, it's like a treat us fairly. You do get treated fairly. Because <laughs> you still make $30 million. At the end of the day, you still make however much money you were going to make before the game. So, and I, you know, I feel like LeBron only agree with it because LeBron is the free agent. I'm leaving the team God now. <laughs> He's the godfather for sure. Yeah, I'm taking a one-year deal and I'm out of here. No loyalty. He's I'll do what king. I want. You you get me while I'm here, you know, we'll be great. Right. But I make my decisions however, whenever I feel like. Right. And he got to go play in the, you know, the two probably most glamorous cities in the nation. Just because he wanted to. So, you know, he's never been traded. And Draymond hasn't been traded. He was drafted by a Golden State, right? Yep. So I don't want to hear that from someone who hasn't been traded. Because I bet the guys who have been traded would appreciate this. I bet bet DeRozan would appreciate what they did to Drummond. I bet he would have said, man, I wish Toronto would have told me something before they traded me. And let yep. me have a chance to sit and pick what team I wanted to go to and all that. I bet he would wish that. But Draymond and LeBron are a little spoiled because they get to just choose what they want to do every free agency. So, I bet and Drummond I wouldn't that... have picked to go to Cleveland in the first place. <laughs> I hate that he snuck in the Kyrie thing. Like, uh, Kyrie's uh, mental wasn't all right. Dude, the, nobody nobody questions like nobody All when Kyrie has a, he a health issue. That's exactly the problem is that he disappeared first, then we find out he's struggling. Right. All anyone asked was where is Kyrie? Yeah. No one said Kyrie should be playing through a mental 
uh, episode. No one said that. They just said, yo, where is he? That's exactly. all we want to know. Exactly. He, they're like mad at us for having basic fan concerns at this point. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's just getting out of control. Like, dude, how many accommodations do you want? <laughs> right. And the team get, really gets nothing but, like, what does the team get at the end of the day? Nothing. They get left behind. That's what they get. Right. Uh, oh, I don't feel like being here. Good luck in the draft next year. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's. Oh, now we got no time to prepare for free agents. Now we got to scramble. Right. Draymond, if you really feel that way about the players' rights, only sign one-year deals and then and tell us how free agency goes every year. Because Draymond, if he only signed one year and his deal was up this season, he'd be gone. It's easy. Instantly. Because he hasn't done anything this season. But play bad. And the thing is, if he thinks players should just, you know, pick where they want to go every time, all right, sign one-year deals. That's how it works. Like, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, these guys have gotten selfish to such an extent that, uh, again, if they weren't selfish, they wouldn't be saying things like this. Right. Uh, so, so it's, we see where their head's at. They're just concerned with, you know, not being criticized, clearly. Yep. And it's just a bad mindset to have, I think. I agree. I agree. All right. Around the league, what have you noticed? Yeah, I, I mentioned Sacramento last uh, last week moving in a better direction. Yeah, just, just playing in a in like a better with a better style, I think. And there's yep. two other teams uh, that have caught my eye in a similar manner. Mm-hmm. First one being the Bulls. Man, yeah. Billy Donovan's doing a great job over there. Yeah, he's he's picking up where he left off. As a good coach, and finally, I just see more of a more of like a team effort from the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Last couple years, they've been bad, but they like they're talented bad. Yeah, where they got all these players who you could kind of see having a good impact, and they're really not. Mm-hmm. And finally, for the first time, I'm seeing this collection of draft picks. They're they're playing together. Yeah, uh, guys are being included. They're they're figuring out roles better. Uh, Kobe White and Levine, which was my big problem to start the year, they they're starting to look great together. Yep, I was gonna say they are one of those teams who you can't say haven't drafted well. Yes, they they just haven't been able to put it together yet. Yeah, and and Markinen has been weird. Like his development kind of came to a screeching halt for some reason. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I I don't watch them enough to to know why. 
Yeah. Uh, but again, it's just competing on both ends. Levine is is distributing the ball. He's playing defense. Uh, yep. I, I like the direction they're going. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Definitely. And, and I, I think Levine this year is showing me that he doesn't have to be the best player on the team. I think that was one thing, in my opinion, for Levine that would probably keep him out of a really solid winning organization is that Levine's not going to be the best player on a contender. He's just right. just probably not going to happen. And this season, he's shown me how he's meshed with the rest of the team that he doesn't have to be. And that if they did get another solid talent, that he could coexist and be, you know, 1A. I mean, 1A to 1B. Or he could be 1B, or he could be Robin to a Batman. Yeah, man, I, I like what I'm seeing. I, and, again, they're not a playoff team. They're not – they got a long way to go, I think, as far as winning a lot of games. Yeah. But the direction looks good, finally. Yep, yep. And the other team who I think is doing this in even more of a way, in a, a bigger way, mm-hmm. your Knicks. Yeah. Your Knicks. Good, and we, we've been putting them on. You know, you've brought them up here and there. Uh, we still took shots at them early on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this, this to me, Billy Donovan, I don't know how much credit he deserves because some of the guys have just stepped up. Mm-hmm. I think Thibodeau deserves at least 70% of the credit. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, this is basically the same team they had. Yes. The culture is night and day different. Yep. The last four years, like, they've been a joke. Yeah. And it's beyond, like, it's not just, you know, the, the reputation that's a joke. It's what they put on the court that's a joke. Yep, it's the product, definitely. I mean, for, for the last, right, for the last three years, this is a team who I, I don't even see a team. I just see guys who are trying to prove that they don't suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, what do you see? What do you take away from the last three years before this one? Um, uh, you know, we had a year. Every year, the Knicks focus on like one position to load up on. Like, <laughs> as soon as we lost Porzingis, all of a sudden we had four point guards. The next season, we had like six wings. And then last season we had <laughs> like eight power forwards. Eight power forwards, yeah. And um, this season, I I see, I see so such a solid team. Like you said, for the first time you see a team where like okay, everyone has a depth chart for each position. Finally, yes. Like I could clearly see who the starting point guard is, backup point guard is, starting two, next uh, two wings that come in. Like it, it looks great, and Randall has just stepped up as, as a leader for these guys. It's amazing. Yes, and, and I'll I'll keep it simple. For the first time in years, Knicks players look like they're having fun. Yes, I was gonna say the same thing, man. Like for the first time, forget winning games. If you're miserable out there, you're never gonna sustain winning. Absolutely. No matter how well you play, no matter how talented you are. And that's been there's been so much pressure on like either their draft picks to develop their their free agent signings to have an impact but nobody's really made an effort to make all that work right 
And, and Thibodeau comes in, and immediately this team is competing on both ends. Yeah. He's literally, he's doing exactly what his strengths have been as a coach. Yeah. And that's really, that's the biggest step by far that this team needed to make. That, and you know, I think in very microcosm ways, we've gotten guys who do just play basketball. Like Alfred Payton does nothing but go out there and play hard all night. Yeah, he's, he doesn't have a strength, that's for sure. <laughs> right. I mean, Nerlens Noel, he he gives you exactly what he gives you every night. He does nothing outside of his game. He does no talking. You know, I, I've never heard him speak, but I've heard him go out there and compete. Even off the bench, he could be playing bad, but he's still going to compete. And it looks like we have all competitors for the first time, except Kevin Knox. But everyone <laughs> else out there is out, is out there competing. Yes. Even... Even Austin Rivers, which I, when we picked him up, I'm like, what are we doing? But there's one thing you can never accuse Austin Rivers of, and that's not competing. Yes. No matter how bad he was playing, no matter who the matchup was, Austin was coming out there and he was going at somebody. He may airball it, he may get blocked, but he's coming at you full of speed with the hezzy cross yeah, every they, time. They, just, they bought in in a lot of the ways that good teams are supposed to buy in. Yeah, for they sure. play defense. They uh, they trust the the top players, not just Randall, yeah. uh, but they trust uh, the the rookie. Quickly, he he gets touches yeah. no matter whether he's playing great or whether he's playing bad. They know he could play. Yeah, uh, it looks R J Barrett's developing. It looks like a a pickup game of guys that like brought their friends to the court. That don't want to lose. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to give up the court, yeah. You ever go somewhere, like, for two straight weeks of pickup games, and you know everyone by now? It's the same, like, 12 <laughs> yeah. guys every week. Of course. Every of course. day. That's how they look. It's like, okay, yeah, we know we know each other because we play with each other every day, but it's still pickup. Yes. So. And you know what, Thibodeau, and this is like a light, Adjustment that just makes such a big difference. Randall has been their best player, and they play through him consistently like he's their best player. Yeah. Like, even with Porzingis, it was, oh, let's give it to Dennis Smith and try to make him or feed, or give it to Frank Nilakina to try to feed Porzingis. Yeah. Like, dude, enough of that nonsense. Like, he's a bucket. Just give him the ball. Yeah. And that's what they're doing with Randall. It's simple things like that that now guys are buying in. Now guys are trusting each other. Yep. Again, are they a playoff team? Absolutely not. But this <laughs> team is going in the right direction. Yeah. And, they, and they finally... This is the first time where I actually do believe that they're just a player or two away. Like, from being a playoff team. Before, yes, I agree. People would say that, maybe, and I'm like, no, they're at least four moves away from it. Now, I think they're probably between two and three moves. Definitely two. You know but, you know what it is? It's the, finally, there's a reason to have off-season hype for this team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. every year, it's like, oh, if they make like this and this move in the off-season, they're, they're back. Yeah, and the the moves are like the this D C D E level moves. But you know what's funny? 
the culture that Jimmy Butler searches for, Thibodeau always has it. Yep. Like even when Thibodeau had the small time on the on the Timberwolves, just it was very short. But they had a spurt where they were just like all of Thibodeau's teams. But eventually, the Divas just outruled Thibodeau, so it kind of just pushed him out. But you see, in New York, it looks like a team that Jimmy Butler would love to be on because they do exactly what yes. that Heat team that Jimmy was leading to do does. Um, and, and, and another impact that this just ha- them having fun, uh, guys are not going to look at the Knicks and say like, oh, hell no. Right. Because that's what it's gotten to. You know, Durant exposed it, but it wasn't like news to anybody. Right. You know, guys are smart enough to look at the Knicks and say, "Nah, I'm not I'm not saving that. No way." Yeah. And now, you know, if I'm a if I'm a guy like a Grant trying to establish myself, yeah. I I I get excited about the opportunity playing with these guys. Mhm. So, I I'm happy to see it, man. Again, I don't know do I trust their front, you know, organization to capitalize on this momentum? No, not as much as I do with Chicago. Hopefully, Thibodeau has some, uh, you know, influence in their pickups. Hopefully, he sticks around. Yeah. Like, I'm okay if next year they, you know, they still lose. Like, again, you're, it's it's not a quick process. Right. And they, if they're not going to be patient, they're never going to find what they're looking for. Right. Well, we're in there... Right now, we're at the sixth seed for now. I mean, obviously you know, it's going to change. We're getting but... close, man. We're like a month away from the standings. Like, now we're looking at the standings, you know, with, with some legitimacy. Yeah, after All-Star break, the standings start to... You really start to have to think about the standings. Yes. The Heat need to wake up, man. It's, it's running out of time. <laughs> you ever, like... <laughs> You ever, like, in a hurry, and you, you do, like, the point at the clock? Like, yo, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Dude, I, every every practice, every pregame, I'm, I'm looking at Miami like, yo, like, you got to wake up. Did you did you watch the game? The, the Warriors game? No. I saw the highlights. Well. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into depth. Jimmy Butler, 13 points. It's not it. How many shots? 15. Trash. <laughs> Bam took 16. Kendrick Nunn took 14. Harold took 15. This balance is making me sick. Duncan took 12. It's, it makes me sick. Enough. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Why are we spreading the ball around? We're playing like trash. <laughs> <laughs> Iguodala got eight shots off. <laughs> You're kidding. Precious, Precious had seven shots. Atlantic <laughs> had seven shots. Um, in their defense, they only played with nine. But still. That doesn't matter. I've seen them. Dude, you remember in the playoffs, they were going like eight deep and in, in winning games. Yeah. They like they would throw out Solomon Hill as the eighth guy who's who hasn't played in months, and basically seven guys deep. Yeah. So uh, you know, as far as like them not having, I don't want to ever hear that from from Miami. Right. 
just the even shot distribution. Every time I look at their box score, every time I check the highlights, it's it's we're we're spreading it out. Everybody, Hero or Duncan Robinson was guarding was exposing them. Wiggins, Bazemore, Pascal, Ubre. I mean, Bazemore had twenty six off the bench. That's that's inexcusable. <laughs> scoring inexcusable. Can't Bazemore like went out and got twenty six? Eight rebounds. They didn't even have a center on the Warriors roster last night. They um Toscano Anderson did the tip and he was center for the whole night. Um Looney's hurt. Obviously Chris is done for the season. Draymond was out. Wiseman is out. Like, they went with Toscano Anderson at center the whole game. How does like that is a game the fact that Bam didn't get close to 20 shots or 25 shots like again I don't mind if we're if we're limiting Jimmy Butler's shots for Bam okay I I get it That's it though Nobody else no this there's no limiting Jimmy Butler's shots so Duncan Robinson gets going I I could not care less about Duncan Robinson getting going and really, in theory, that that's fine. But it really, they really shouldn't. Like in these kind of games, Bam should take less shots because he should be getting rebounds. Like if I'm Jimmy Butler and Bam is down there with Toscano Anderson, I'm I would say I need to take this shot because what's throwing in the Bam, he has the rebound advantage. Either I make this shot or Bam gets the rebound. That's how we're going. But you know they give it to Bam, and Bam was kind of, you know, stepping out shooting floaters. And then no one got the rebound. Bazemore had eight rebounds. Yeah, it sounds like that uh, the old Embiid syndrome. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know, man. Miami. I feel like we're overcomplicating it with like how they're fitting and stuff like that. This team used to out hustle practically everybody they played. Yeah. That's gone. This team used to, like, pick up whatever they struggled with. They found, like, a counter for it. Right. I don't see that. Right. I just see a good, a good team that's that that's playing like they had just been to the finals. Mm-hmm. They forgot about the work it takes to, to get that far. I wonder how many teams, without losing their top two scorers or top four scorers, have went to the finals and not made the playoffs the next season. Man, I I will be so let down if Miami doesn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> Dude, Tyler Hero had 15 rebounds and Bam had 5. Like what? So, so that should tell you they need other people should have been Bam should have been inside and I would said Bam, we're shooting because you have the rebound advantage. I need 20 rebounds. Who should get a rebound over you on this Warriors team? Nobody. So don't let it happen. I mean, that that seems like that would be the easiest thing to say. But you know what? We we dude, you know, we got to stop this cuz we keep deep diving Miami for no reason. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, wake up. That's really I, all it is. That's that's it. Forget he, every other problem they got. If He's Jimmy Butler comes awake, I don't care if Duncan Robinson never wakes up. 
Jimmy's not going to wake up. Duncan well, was awake. He was just they're going to be watching does. the playoffs. He's doing what he always always does is just jack shots. Good old Duncan. The, the thing is, he's not going to wake up because he did it in the finals. That's what lost in the finals. Him not being awake. Right. So, but he th- had the excuse of like running out of gas. Yeah. Like he's the I, only I just, one that's allowed understand. to run out of gas. Right. I I don't get why he he's like he's trying to make it he's trying to make it a point that it's like Miami struggling. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to take the responsibility of I tried to carry and I failed. <laughs> he just okay, right. Miami's not that good, so I'm just going to fit in. We're going to suck and it's like it's going to be a team balance issue. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you now, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, I'm looking only at Jimmy Butler. He's the only one you can blame when he only gets 13 points in a game like this. Right. In a close game. Uh, and then also to refute Kyrie's point of being clutch and just giving it to whoever was hot, Steph was six for twenty-three before the, his last two shots. Six for twenty-three, and that on threes he was three for eighteen. And guess who got the ball in the clutch? Steph. Steph and, and, and Wardell Curry. Yeah, and he's taking the threes. I don't care how off you are. I don't care how hot Bazemore is. He's not getting the ball in the clutch. I don't care how hot Ubre is. We're going to Steph. It's that simple. It's it's that simple. That's what best players do. I mean, that's what being clutch is. And then, you know, we don't I got to say, man. I don't want to say this All right, so Kobe in my lifetime, I've never been more confident with someone making the last shot, right? Ever. It, I mean, Kobe. I, I would, I would think everyone would agree that if there's five seconds on the clock, you give it to Kobe. We're all right. Whatever happens, I think make I know miss, where you're going with this. <laughs> make or miss, we're all right, <laughs> dude. Damian Lillard is ridiculous, dude. I've never, ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. And I, and Kobe, you know, I've never. <clears throat> what? Go, go ahead. ahead. It's funny with Lillard. It's it's so much confidence. That's why Kobe's really the only comparison. When he right. has the ball, I'm I'm like settled down. <laughs> yes. Like Port- Portland's yes. In, Portland's in good shape. Like the game is messy. Everybody's missing and then messing up, but Lillard has the ball final possession. I'm settled in. Dude, they're eleven and three within five points. Oh yeah. With two I, minutes I on the it. clock. I saw. They're they're a top four seed away from Lillard taking the MVP trophy. He should yeah, absolutely. If they get top four seed, he I don't know. I mean NBA is playing great, but it, the way Lillard is carrying the team. Is yeah, just... yeah, yeah. With Philly, there's a lot more of a team balance going on. Yeah. Portland absolutely. hasn't changed at all. 
Because, I mean, if you look at Philly, Tobias is playing his best basketball since he's been in Philly. Yep, Tobias, uh, Seth, uh, Thibault is emerging. They got a lot of role players. Korkmaz is starting to look like a decent shooter. Yeah. Uh, but Portland is the same. You know, Gary Trent has stepped up in McCollum's absence. Right. But that has been almost exclusively because of the attention Lillard is getting. Lillard's missing three starters. And they're winning games. Everything. Melo's I mean, he got he got a thirty what seven year old as his second option. <laughs> yeah. Who's playing so, great? Someone they had to pick, you know, call while he was home on the couch. Bring out of retirement, basically. <laughs> yeah. He's missing Collins, Nurkic, and McCollum. And and he's and they're still winning almost every game that they you know. They're winning more the majority of their games. I mean, name another team that's missing three starters. Well, I mean the Warriors, but <laughs> it's just. I, I just I think Portland again is the same team, but Lillard like somehow just elevates his impact every year. Yeah, he does. It's not does. again like you know the step backs are the same. Just the the ways he's scoring is pretty much the same. But the impact is just, like, insane. He had 43 and 16 assists last night. Insane. They don't have, um, this doesn't have points responsible for, but, I mean, minimum, he's responsible for 80 points. Insane. they, They finally, I will give them credit, they're finally, like, starting to play to their strengths more consistently. Yeah. Uh, but I just I don't know how sustainable it is with them. They they're one of those teams that can win any on any given night. Yeah, they can they be can. great on any given night, and you you seeing it because uh, Lillard is the overwhelming MVP candidate, but they're like fitting in around him. They are. I think Derek Jones Jr. has found like a perfect spot for him now. Covington is waking up. Yeah, Car- and Carmelo is just. You know, I mean, Carmelo looks back, honestly. If Carmelo was getting 25 shots a night like he used to get, I'd be surprised if he wasn't still averaging, you know, over over 22. Yeah, he's, uh, he just doesn't get, to, he, he could get to the line a tiny bit more. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. He's pretty much back as far as just like when he's out there. Yeah. And they, I mean, they still really don't even go as deep as I feel like they could. Nasir Little still doesn't really get minutes. Ronnie Hood still kind of, his minutes have been really spotty. Like, they kind of look like unsure if they even need him some nights. Yeah. Like, uh, do we really need to put Ronnie Hood in? No, I think we're good, you know. It looks like they try to limit his minutes. Um, So, and then again, they're missing their three starters and missing Harry Giles now. Man, that guy, hell, him staying healthy has just not not been in his favor. I know. Uh, we like he doesn't even. He's one of those cases at this point that he, he doesn't even get to prove whether he's a bust or, or a good player. Yeah. Uh, but I want to go back to Golden State mm-hmm. uh, for for kind of a similar reason to Portland. Yeah. Dude, I I, I don't know why I underrated this, but I I thought their um. I thought their, like, 
incredible m- ball movement chemistry mm-hmm. stemmed from just kind of the culture with Steph leading it. I didn't Explain realize. It real quick. Well, I I thought you know Steph being an unselfish scorer, which he's always been. Mm-hmm. I thought that opened up everybody else to like be more confident sharing the ball. Oh, okay, okay. What I, what I'm starting to, to notice, and maybe it's because they're you know obviously significantly more limited as a roster than they were at, in Steph's peak, uh-huh. <clears throat> which I don't even know because he's looks like he's peaking right now. But it's starting to look like it's Steph's unstoppable scoring that you know, creates this incredible ball movement. <laughs> yeah. Is the fact Which that they I, always have to be out there on Steph? Yeah, because when he's, like, jacking shot, he's the only player I've ever seen that him, like, throwing up a lot of bad shots just opens up offense. <laughs> yeah. It's it so crazy to me. Like, And he's been, you know, he's been scorching hot the last, like, month or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just playing incredible, but again, they're they're getting back to that like all of a sudden they got five randoms out there and they're moving the ball like they've played together for years and like they're all good, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which you know with with Wanamaker out there, I can tell you right now, all five guys are not good. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Wanamaker, Toscano, Anderson. Um, Bazemore yes. yeah. and Mulder out there with Steph, and they look like the championship warriors. Yes. the Dude, again, I did not realize. I, I, I didn't think without Clay and Draymond being like a non-scoring threat at this point. Yeah. I didn't think they would get back to their like elite ball movement. I definitely thought Draymond was a big part of it, a bigger part of it than he uh, yeah, is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But like – the f- I didn't expect it to infect the other guys as much as it has. Yeah. I mean, you got Wiggins moving the ball? Yeah. I, I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks great, man. I, I'm so happy they figured it out. Yeah. And it I, was just a s- simple adjustment, like I said. Is, is Steph or loss? Yeah. You know what else I like? I like that they don't mind guys who aren't elite three-point shooters missing threes. I like that because it it keeps them as threats and it still opens up everybody else. Like they, I think they said Steph has more drives this year than he's ever had to the basket. Yeah. But like <laughs> I see them pass it to Mulder in the corner and Mulder pulls it like he's an elite three-point shooter every time. I'm like, what is he doing? But then the more he does it, you see that the rest of the team, it opens up the rest of the team too because it's like they don't care that Mulder keeps taking bad shots because then Ubre gets a lot of rebounds. Um, they get a lot of cuts now. They get cuts and they swing it to the other side. Damian Lee's hitting threes. It's like as long as they have everyone shooting threes, got more guys are open to take threes. Yeah. Because they're like, all right, Mulder just shot four of them like we maybe we should get out there because he might hit one of them eventually like they play the percentage game yeah man they're keeping basketball simple they are yeah they they still look like 
again, I didn't know if it was the culture, if it was Steph, if it was like a combination of the the Splash Bros, or maybe when KD got there. They, for some reason, they look like they know how to capitalize off of three-point shooting better than any other team in the league. I agree. Like it's like you said, it's just like a team impact. Yeah. I've seen, you know, Brooklyn shoots well as a team. There's a lot of teams who you see shooting well as a unit. Mm-hmm. But it's all, it's like fluke. It's just guys hitting shots. Like you said, the Warriors are like trust their guys to take shots over time. Yeah. How many yeah. how many teams would have given up on Oubre after that those first like three, four weeks that he was in a slump? Oh, a ton. A We've ton. seen that. At least 50% of the teams would have benched him. Yeah. Uh, and his, it only would have made him worse. Yeah. And the Warriors stuck with it, and you just see the culture. You know, did it take a second to get going? Yeah. But now they're back. You know what it makes me believe? I believe that they're probably... Their staff cares so much about the player's development because the only way you do that, you keep Ubre in the game and keep letting him shoot, is that you must see in practice that Ubre is working on his shot. Like, I feel like a lot of the head coaches may not come to all the workouts of the yes. players, but I bet Kerr was like, all right, Kelly, how many threes you get up today? Like, you know, I bet he's probably there watching Kelly work on his threes, and that gives him more confidence. All right. Kelly's in his gym in the gym working on threes every night. He's gonna hit some of these eventually. Yep. Like it's gonna come. I think a lot of the coaches say, "Well, you haven't hit him in the game, so you probably are never gonna hit him because I don't see you in the gym working on threes." You know. Yep. So I and think it's just a trust, like a level of trust that uh, Golden State, like other other organizations, just don't seem to match it. Yeah, and plus, uh, that's the plus of being coached by a shooter. You know, yep. keep shooting. Yep, I'm sure that's Kerr's motto. Everyone else does it on the team. Yeah. But again, like it's never, it's never just guys jacking. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's not. the ball moves a lot, and then if that doesn't lead to anything, you will jack. Mm-hmm. Which I don't mind. Yeah. I, I I wish you know I wish more teams would play like that. And I don't see a lot of teams only... with... Oh, go ahead. I just think it would maximize teams more. Especially, like, the, the third, fourth, fifth guys. Yeah, it probably would. On a, on a lot of teams. Yeah. But what were you saying? I don't see a lot of teams with, um, you know, with the amount of shot distribution they have. Oh, and I don't see a lot of teams with wings that rebound like the Warriors. They crash really well. Like, uh, yes. I don't know if you consider Ubre a wing anymore, but the way Wiggins, Ubre, and Lee and Bazemore are rebounding for them is is big. I guess because they know they don't have any centers, but it's helping them big time. But it's like you you have a team that buys into rebounding the best shooters' shots. Yeah. You know how many toxic bad culture guys would say, "Yo, Steph is shooting. I don't got to rebound." Look at Houston. They don't even come down court when Harden was shooting. <laughs> yeah, that's a good example. Does Brooklyn rebound when Kyrie shoots? No. I, I give you a hint, and the answer is no. They don't. They never follow 
if Kyrie is has the ball, they pretty much get back a lot of times. Right. And He'll make his move and they'll just get back. Or, you know, DeAndre will look for a lob, but he's definitely not looking for a rebound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it's just they're playing the right way, man. And it, it's really good to see. And they're... They just maximize playing the right way so much more than other teams can, I feel like. They do, absolutely. All right, let's talk about the two guys that will be moving before trade deadline. Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Uh, Where do you want to start? Which one of them do you want to start with? I guess Drummond. Okay. Uh, uh, Drummond is a is a specific fit guy. Okay. Uh, like I my initial reaction was like Dallas. Like yeah. if Dallas can make it happen, because the the Kali Stein problem is only getting worse <laughs> from what I'm seeing. Yeah, they don't put Boban in the game. Right. So in in like Porzingis can't be your your second option on offense full-time and, like, your full-time rim protector. Right. Uh, But he's not, like, like he's not a guy who thrives when a team struggles. Mm -hmm. I feel like he, he, Drummond is a guy who feeds off of however the team is doing. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I would rather him go to a team that has their culture established yeah, I mean, you know, Boston is the obvious one. I'm not deep diving it, but Danny Ainge, go to work, bro. It's it's like you got to earn your money. He got three layups right now that right. he could – he has opportunities to get some layups. Right. But, yeah. uh, like, Toronto is a team who could use him. Cause yeah, Toronto was looking like the favorite for him. Baines, Baines as, as far as a free agent's pickup, has been a huge disappointment. Yeah. Uh, and I think Drummond fits exactly what they need and takes pressure off of Siakam to, like, be an inside-out player all the time. Yeah. Uh, another Eastern team that I think could... I mean, Brooklyn, obviously. Yeah, Brooklyn is is the obvious. DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan's looking very similar to Kali Stein, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he is. At least he looks for alley-oops, though. Kali Stein, right. just, that's one, his one, but that's because like DeAndre has been looking for alley oops literally his entire basketball career. Right. Yeah. So he's just used to it. But does he do anything else? I haven't no. seen it. No, he doesn't. He doesn't except hack. Uh, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I I do. Um, I think there's some teams that are close that adding Andre. Drummond would help them you know I, I think we talked about Chicago I don't think like if they were to trade I, I would like that I would like something like that um, as far as the East yeah we talked Celtics obvious Brooklyn obvious Toronto obvious but there's some teams in the West that he could make instant contenders I don't think he's going to make any team in the East an instant contender that isn't already one but the West, right. he can take a lot of teams in the West over the edge. Like you said, Dallas. I think he takes San Antonio up there to being dangerous in the playoffs. 
depending on how they use them. Um, if if the Warriors get them, I think it's over. Honestly, I don't know how. If the Warriors get him, they're complete. When Clay comes back, if Clay if Clay comes back in the playoffs like they are hoping, which he probably won't, because we've already seen that mistake with uh, Durant and him. But next year, if they have Drummond when Clay comes back healthy, I think it's a wrap. Honestly, if they keep the same roster, it's a wrap. Yeah, I mean. To me, to me, just Clay being back makes them a rap in my eyes. I really don't care. I think just the way they play, they got enough. You think they have enough just with Clay and Steph? What yeah, do you mean? I'm, I'm saying from right now, just add Clay to what they have right now. You think they have enough? They have enough to beat every team in the West except the Lakers. And to me, Drummond takes them over the Lakers easily. To me. Easily. Five games. Five games. Stop. Stop. No. Drumming, no shot. Five games. Okay. I'll, I I I don't want to speculate on that. I disagree completely. But again, I'm so confident in them that obviously Drummond will make them better. Yeah. And 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 again, it's all about the culture. San Antonio and Golden State are obvious. Like he would obviously make them better. Yeah. Even if he doesn't give them much, he's giving you more than Jakob Pertle is. Who's giving you nothing? <laughs> Not nothing. I wish Portland would trade Nurkic for him, honestly. Right. He could help Portland a ton, give him some front court stability. Yes, because Drummond, if Drummond gets it, the thing is, Drummond acts a fool when he has the ball too much, and the team's, like you said, when the team's playing bad, Drummond has to, he thinks he has to make something happen. He's one of those guys. Yes. I, I think on Portland, he would settle, just give me a rebound, I'll get the rebounds, and I'm putting it right back up, and that's it. That's all we're doing. I may get a little hook every once in a while, but I don't need it. I don't know, man. I think you have... Portland is another team I don't really want him because of the culture. Because I know what it looks like when Portland doesn't play well, and he's going to fit right into that, just like Whiteside did. Oh, really? You think he's equal to Whiteside, though? He's not He's not equal to Whiteside. Oh, okay. That's disrespectful. Well, but he's he's closer to Whiteside than he is to, like, a Mason Plumley. Explain that. Because you, you need him. Him being a pickup is means you're getting rebounding size in a front, like a center that could finish. Yeah. So you're not really maximizing his talent, you know, a lot of the time anyway. That is so his I, talent, though. But he's, dude, he's a guy, he's a guy similar to Whiteside who could be out there rebounding and it, it doesn't matter at all. But but Whiteside didn't rebound for them. That was the problem. And he didn't block. The Drummond thing is they does the same on, thing. They counted on Whiteside to block shots, which is what his quote-unquote specialty was his whole career. And all of a sudden he barely blocked shots or barely challenged shots. He would only challenge him if he knew, like, 100% he was going to block it. But that's Otherwise, the thing. With Drummond, it's it's not that I don't trust him to rebound. I know he's going to rebound. Mm-hmm. I don't trust him to, like, be a playoff impact player. Well, let, me, let me tell you why I think he would fit. Because what Cantor is doing for them, Drummond does better. And he finishes 
You know, Drummond will Drummond will dunk on somebody. That's, Cantor will no, dunk. no way. You, I am no shot. You're taking Drummond's finishing over Cantor. Yeah, Drummond's more athletic, but but Cantor has touch around the basket. Drummond doesn't have touch. Hell no! What? <laughs> I think I I think Drummond has touch, man. I think Drummond Again, would help Portland. He's better than like Mason Plumley with touch, but he's not. He like it's not a significant impact like Cantor's. You don't think you think Cantor's a better player than Drummond? <laughs> I think I think they're even as as far as like impact, but Drummond's more athletic. All right, that's fair. I take you know you know they they have slight uh, Drummond's a slightly better defend significantly better defender. Yeah, but I think Cantor's a much more impactful rebounder. Much more impactful inside finisher. And he, like, I trust him catching the ball more than Drummond. I agree with that. I don't think... There's just little things. I don't think he's... I don't think the rebounding is that much different. I just think Drummond will get you more rebounds. But But it's like, what it takes to win the playoffs... Okay, let's just say you match up with Dallas. All right, Drummond, I need you to not jump on KP's pump fakes today. Uh-huh. He's getting in foul trouble. Just like Hassan Whiteside, just like Nurkic, it's the I it's the lack of IQ that I'm concerned with. I got gotcha. you. That's my you. thing. That's like that's if fair. you're that's why I was so happy that they got guys like Covington and a, a limited guy like Derrick Jones cuz you don't need his IQ. But you think you're, they'll need Drummond's IQ? Yeah, he's your, you know, he's your premier center if he comes in. They'll still have Cantor. Okay, but Cantor, let, okay, KP, let's say, you know, Dallas isn't using him well. You you go up against Denver. What are we doing with Jokic? Is Drummond moving his feet for 40 minutes? <laughs> no one minutes? can guard Jokic, though. But my problem is not whether you could guard Jokic. Can you, like, not go for simple shit like pump fakes? I gotcha. That's fair. It's just an IQ thing for me. Portland, Portland puts themselves in trouble because it's just all guys just start playing dumb. Uh huh, and that includes Lillard and McCollum. And, and you think, I think, you think Drummond, Drummond would be fits right, there right into them? that shit? Yeah, I, I, that's fair. That's fair enough. I got gotcha. you. So Clippers are another team. The same problem. Yeah, I, I don't think he helps the Clippers at all. Honestly, not I even. I think he does. As like as far as just like play style, I think he helps him a lot. Uh, I don't think so. But it's that it's the like the trustworthy impact that I don't expect. I, I think he gets some rebounds and, you know, make a good outlet pass. But I haven't seen Drummond play well without a decent guard on the court, like point guard. And I don't think, you know, I think Drummond just out there just kind of running through the paint, rim running, I don't think that would help the Clippers. I think he would just kind of be in the way for them. Mm-hmm. I think Ibaka he he helps be right. them because Ibaka can get out the way and still be a threat. And Drummond can't. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Cause Kawhi would run right into Drummond every time down court. <laughs> Drummond be waiting for the rebound, and Kawhi would be running up his back, running people over. I give again the Clippers the way they're moving the ball right now. I think he would fit them well. Mm-hmm. But I I know better than to trust their ball movement right now. 
Yeah, because you know playoff P and I don't know what Kawhi's uh, playoff nickname is yet, but you know it's all gonna change. Yeah. The claw, I guess, is his playoff. Yeah, game. but let's. I think we spent way too much time on Drummond. Let's talk about Blake. Blake, I have this is no tough, idea. Man. This is this was really tough to predict. I have no idea who Blake helps. I, I think because I haven't seen Blake play with any energy in a in two years. Two years. I haven't seen Blake like. Since the game against the Raptors, where DeRozan came and dunked on everybody with like one second left on the clock. Oh yeah, when Tolliver just jumped for no reason. Yeah, that like double overtime game. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Blake win a game since then. Like I've seen Blake in winning games, but I haven't seen Blake win a game. Try to win a game. Yeah. Yes. And I still think they, I think they lost that game, but I haven't seen him look like he was in a winning effort, and uh. So I don't, I can't really predict how he helps someone because I'm not sure what he would do anymore. I know he'll have the ball. I know he'll be like a floor stretcher and a like a a limited creator. Yeah, I think he'd be kind of like a stiff, like a a Draymond that doesn't do it as much as Draymond. Yes. So you know I, what we you know what hurt him, man, because he showed. When he was on the Clippers, especially, you remember those, like, short stretches when CP would miss time and yeah. he would look like this, like, unstoppable point forward? Yeah. Uh, he, him be getting, like, a a perimeter game that a coaching staff trusts Yeah. has been his downfall. Yeah. Because now everything he does is from the three-point line. Right. And I told you, you know, he, he cooked Brooklyn a, a little while back. Like, dude, he's backing down from the three-point line. Yeah. I mean, you know, Brooklyn's so trash that they don't know what to do with that. Any team that knows how to play any defense will shut that down instantly. Yeah. And it, like you said, he's just... There's no energy to his game. He doesn't really do the little things, the hustle plays. And my, why is he on the perimeter full-time? Yeah, I... You know, I've seen some of his ISOs. I I really hate them where he catches it like yeah, he thinks he's like too skilled to not do something. <laughs> yeah, he catches it at the elbow extended, does like the Carmelo put it behind his neck, spin around. Yes. Like he, he does the drop step with it up behind his neck and then he does the little yes. jab. My- and it just, I don't know what team I want to see that on. I can't think of any team I want to see it on. And the thing is, trust me, you're not going to find a lot of people who love Blake more than me. But I can't, I just can't visualize that being good for anybody. Not a good team. Right. That's what, like, it's hard to change how you play. Uh, I, I have the same kind of reservations with Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Where, like... Like Kevin Love could still give me ten rebounds, but for for the last two three years, all he's done is float at the three point line. Yeah, Kevin Love is a wing now. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's been losing weight every year. Like he he looks like a, like a Danny Green almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, but it's Blake is the same issue with just the play style where it's like 
You're on the perimeter all the time. You're like you're seeking out tough perimeter shots. Yeah. Like you're either seeking that out or you're seeking bad defense so you could get blow bys. But like, I don't trust you to to dominate taking eight threes a night. Right. So I'm never gonna Blake close out like to a, the point where you're getting blow bys every night. Blake is is like a less aggressive Aaron Gordon <laughs> that doesn't run the floor anymore. And, yeah, and Aaron Gordon is not that aggressive. For for those right. who don't see a lot of Orlando, right? Exactly. But it, it, when Aaron Gordon gets a step on somebody, he's going to try to dunk on somebody. And Blake, when he gets a step, I don't know what he's doing anymore. I know he's not trying to dunk. He hasn't dunked in three years. So, right. I don't know, man. <laughs> hasn't dunked since 2019. That's that's just it's sad Insane. to even hear that. It just shows so, how little energy he's playing with. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, if you're playing hard every night, you're getting a, a breakaway steal. Yeah. You know, 82 games. 82 games, if you're 6'5 or, or up and you play with energy, then I don't care if you can't dribble, you know, if you're Isaac Bonga or I don't care how trash you are. Yeah. You're getting a breakaway dunk or a, a cut, a backdoor cut dunk. Right. So it's just it's, it's that lack of energy that makes us skeptical. I think more than anything. Yeah. I I think in a perfect world with energy, he could help a lot of teams. But you know, maybe the uh, energy is because he's on Detroit. Maybe it's sucking energy out of him. But I, I I'd have to see it, to believe it. I think I'd, I'd throw out a scenario that I could picture working well is the Lakers. Okay. And I want to get into AD in a second as far as how that impacts them. But as far as situationally, now there's less pressure on AD like needing to come back. Mm-hmm. Blake, and the way the Lakers play, Blake is going to be either forced to play with energy or he's going to ride the bench. Right. Because you see a Marcus All, Marcus All, as far as just how he's moving, is night and day different from the first month of the season. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the Lakers, like, they just have better. this natural, right, they just have this natural, like, when they lock it in, they have this natural energy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Blake is a guy who, if he can't fit that, then like you said, it, it's a wrap. Yeah, and I, I question what kind of defense Blake is giving me um, because I, I've heard the Celtics being thrown out, but if he's not playing defense, you know, I'd rather have Tice. If Blake Tice, is huh? Tice gets cooked with confidence. He does, but, you know, Tice, Tice is a fearless defender. Right. Like, if someone's going up for a dunk, Tice will risk getting dunked on to try to block it. I don't see that coming from Blake anymore I don't see it coming I don't see him even chasing anybody you know Tice will run somebody down on a break to get dunked on or to get a block or to get a flagrant foul (laughs) whatever but his energy like you said that really is all it comes down to Uh, lastly is there any other team that should get Ariza than the Celtics 
Nobody should get Ariza. You know I you know how I feel about Ariza. I think I was pretty clear last season. But if he's out there, I think a team should get him. He's You think Ariza should be out of the league? It's the same problem as No, no, that's excessive. I don't think he should be out of the league. I just know if he's coming in with an expectation to contribute, he's more than likely going to let you down. That's fair. Yeah. Just at That's this fair. point, like, you know, Ariza five, six years ago, oh, yeah, he's he probably helps every contender. Yeah. But I've watched Ariza, you know, in D.C. just give up, in <laughs> Portland kind of be in and out. He's just not locked into, like, championship basketball. That's fair. That's more than fair. And, I agree. And, and my my issue is like he he doesn't deserve to get treated like a Boston needs him. I don't. He's not impactful enough for Boston to need him. Definitely not. I don't think they need him. But I think if he's available, I think it's kind of crazy if Boston doesn't get him. But I don't think they need him. I think if there's a team who needs somebody. It is Boston. Well, yeah, we've established that. <laughs> Danny Ainge, we said last week that this team isn't built for a championship. Then what are you doing? What is your You're not job? doing your job, Danny. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, I don't mind. Like, he's like a shumper. I don't mind if he goes somewhere. And I think he can help it in a good spot. Mm-hmm. But am I looking out for, like, a team picking him up? Even a team that could use what he brings? No. To me, and this is still only in Boston, because a lot of other teams don't have this same issue. To me, him being on the floor keeps the nonsense off of the floor, to me. And that's to me, that's what's more valuable for Boston at this moment. Like, the Nets getting him just keeps other good players off the court. And that... Like, you keep Tyler Johnson off the court to have Ariza's nonsense to me. I would never do that. But for me, if I'm keeping uh, Neesmith or Javante Green or, you know, I like Carson Edwards, but if I'm keeping Carson Edwards off the floor, I like that. I don't care who it is at this point. As long as he's been a good player before, has a little bit of, uh, you know, you're keeping all these two-year guys off the court is what I mean. You got me there. You're right. But it's that's more because of Boston's roster limitations yeah, it, than, like, faith in Ariza to help out. Absolutely. It is. The thing is, I just know Ariza is slightly better than everyone else Boston has that would yeah. come in where he will come in. That's what uh, by I mean. By the way, it's a quick point on Boston. If anybody's shocked, like Ainge talking about they're not built to contend, it's because the most important player is not playing right now. I told you, I told you when Marcus Smart got hurt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, no, this is code red for Boston. Absolutely. And they are, they look sorry without him. Yeah. Like, Brown is cooking, Tatum is, you know, getting back in rhythm slowly. Uh, And, and, you know, sucks, he he seemed to have gotten hit by COVID a little bit more than some guys. Yeah. Uh, But... Without Marcus Smart, this I don't care who they add. This team is not going to come out of the East in any way. I agree. And how far away is he? 
I don't know. They said like a couple, th- two, three weeks. Like I want to say two weeks ago. Okay. So well. it, it should be getting close because they're, yeah, they're they're down bad without him. Yeah, they are. Their 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 depth looks like even more disgusting without him somehow. Oh, for sure. I I didn't even think that was possible. It's probably like you said. It's one of these guys who, you know, I'd rather maybe not play. <laughs> Right, Javante Green, Romeo Langford, Aaron Nismith, Peyton Pritchard, Tremont Waters, Ojale, <laughs> yeah. Grant Williams. I don't care who I get. If you've ever played basketball on a championship team, I will want you ahead of Get out here. I need you. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. You're I'm, right, you're right. I'm not saying you get a reason he's like your fifth option. Don't get me wrong, not at all. Right. But if he can come play defense, which you know he will, and... You know, just take some pressure off of Peyton Pritchard to guard a starting small forward. Yeah, or Brown to be like a top tier two way player every night. Brown is guarding two guys, man, most of the game. Yeah. And scoring 30. <laughs> yeah. He really is. And working hard to score 30, too. Yeah. A lot of other teams will, uh, you know, take their top wing out and leave their second to top wing in. For them to cook, like, uh, you well, like, I mean, Brooklyn is kind of a, uh, a different story, but like, like the Sixers will have, okay, Seth is cooking, take Seth out. Now, Tobias starts cooking, and yeah, Clippers do it with their two stars, and the Lakers do it with AD a lot of the time, and Brown has to guard both of them. Yep, and if he doesn't, Ojale is guarding him. Oh no! Or Grant Williams. Or Grant Williams. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, they and they tried Romeo Langford to come in and guard guys for a while. No, I definitely would rather Ariza get you know twenty five on his head, and I'd sleep well before I. <laughs> you got say, me there. Like uh, I completely agree on that. But he's the only Celtics are the only team I feel that way about Ariza. So. It just disturbs me that we're like their their depth is down so bad that we're like Ariza is borders on meaningful impact for them. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad, Boston. <laughs> I still don't know why Gerald Green isn't playing somewhere. Or, uh, I mean, I haven't seen teams that are so good that Jr. and Gerald Green shouldn't be in the NBA. But we could say that about a lot of guys every season, you know. Yeah, you know. Jr. is kind of tough because he, I don't know, he just hasn't played in a while. Right. But, again, with the names you threw out for Boston, I mean, how can you not be right? That's what I'm saying. Jr. has been around. Like, he's he knows how to play. That's, that's all I'm saying. Why would you let a first-year guy be on a contender before you have someone who's won rings. I mean, you, it's like Shannon Brown can was competing on a team that had all championship guys, but you you got guys. No one on the team has won a ring, and you have first year guys and call yourself a contender. Yeah, it's 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 just bad like organizational structure. It is, yeah. All right. Any other uh, <clears throat> basketball stuff? Uh, two two quick things. Well, uh, Denver. I want to talk about last. Okay. 
but AD's injury. Yeah. I- I'm a little concerned. Are you? I- the, um... I'm more concerned with his injury than the Lakers. Okay. I'll be honest, I'm and I'm probably one of the few people I think the Lakers could come out of the West even without Anthony Davis. Okay, I agree. Uh, and it's not gonna be a cakewalk like it was last year. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I still don't think they need to go to seven with anyone. I agree. In the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the concern for me is this injury is reminding me of Durant a lot. Mm, okay. Where like- it's you know I, I'm not a doctor. Obviously, I don't know if it's the same thing. But I see Achilles, that's never a, like a week or two type of thing. Right. Uh, the other thing is, similar to Durant, it was, okay, so it's like a calf strain or an Achilles strain a little while and he'll be back to, to ready to go. Mm-hmm. KD did the same thing, then he like re-aggravated it, if you remember. Yeah. Before even, before even the finals happened... He re-aggravated it and missed most of the playoffs. Right. And there was that point of, like, he's almost ready to go. He's almost ready to go. And it kept getting pushed back. Right. Like, he would go through warm-ups, and he's not... He just wouldn't be ready to go. Yeah. And this is the same situation where, like, if he just came back in, what, two games and he re-injured it? Mm Mm-hmm. I would I would use the rest of this season uh with per, and proceed with extreme caution. Yeah. If he's got to sit for a month or two, that's fine. Mhm. That's fine. This team could scoop up Blake or or Drummond, to, you know, sneak sneak it out or they could just keep the roster exactly the way it is. Yeah. They're they're one of the few teams where I want I want everybody's roles elevated for a period of time. Right. Kuzma and Kuzma. Montrezl could take a step forward. Exactly. Those two guys, I don't mind uh, some of the guards having more of an impact. KCP, Schroeder's balling, Caruso's balling. Like, I- I'm not mad at it. Yeah. But it's, my only concern here is, are they going to, like, proceed with caution with this injury? That's really it. Because mm-hmm. AD's an injury-prone guy. If he's got to sit for a long time... I'm sitting him for a little bit longer than the long time. Right. Uh, and, again, I'd rather him sit out the rest of the, the regular season if that's what it takes. Yep. I'm with you on that, for sure. So that's really my only thing is they, they don't need to, they don't need to, like, feel pressure for getting him back. Right. And I hope they don't, like, kind of try to go that way. Even if they start losing games. Yeah, I think it would be a really big mistake. Just, I, I hate every time I see Achilles, I I tense up, even if it's something minor. Especially for those guys that size. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he's like, he's holding that same, like, he's, when he re-aggravated it, he looked just like Durant. Yep. Holding the same area, and we can't figure out if it's like a lower calf or a upper ankle. All, but we, all we hear is Achilles, just like we did with Durant. Mm-hmm. And then he came back for a quarter and a half, looked unstoppable, and he was gone. Yeah. And I would, I do not ever want to see that again. Yep. 
I'm with you on that. All right. You said well, you let's have close one out thing. with Denver. Oh yeah, Denver. That's right. Jokic is playing like an MVP candidate for the most part, I think. Uh, but Compazzo, by the way, heard you talking shit. <laughs> he's making some highlight plays. He's he's just he plays more. He's giving them more of that like European guard energy. He is. And Hartenstein is starting to look semi-respectable. Yeah, you know, you leave a guy out there on the court long enough, right? <laughs> they get all right, you know. Denver, Denver made the critical mistake. We asked it. Am I too soon on this take? I, I'm pretty sure I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't see. I've, I've had enough of the Porter Jr. hype. Hmm. And, and the reason it's not because he's not he's super talented. I see it every time I watch him. Yeah. I that's why I get excited is because he he has the tools to be an unstoppable player. Right. But if correct me if I'm wrong, he played point guard most of his pre NBA career. Yeah, he was a he was a ball handling guard, yeah. I, I don't see and again, a year and a half is a good sample size. I don't see good decision making. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the the Lakers different player, but Kuzma had this expectation that he would slowly emerge, and he never really emerged. But he he played good basketball. Yeah. And, and you see it with like one of the reasons Grant was such a huge pickup for anybody was because we knew Grant knows how to play good basketball, not being the the primary option. Right. Porter Jr. is starting to look like that guy who, like, requires the ball to even, like, contribute to the game. Right. And that's my problem with him. He's not good enough to be a number one option anywhere. No, he's not. Not yet. Right, and he's not showing me... He's not showing me any of like the role player qualities that it takes to just be a good basketball player. And that's like there's no progression with that. Right. You know That's my concern. I, I you could blame Malone if you want, but like at a certain point you just like you just got to play with energy. Mhm. And I only see him doing that when he's getting shots or when he's touching the ball, or when he gets a highlight play. Yeah. That's it, and it's it's hurting them right now. I, I, I think that the way the management or Malone or whoever it was chose him this offseason, chose to bet on him, I think was a bad chemistry move for the team, clearly. Uh... I think that he is capable of being what people believe he could be. I just don't think this is the right team. It's just clearly not the right fit at all. And it's it's so not the right fit that he he can't develop in any way. He's not helping them at all most of the games. All he's doing is being a threat to hit, a, you know, open shots. But they could get that from anybody. You know, Ariza's a threat to hit open shots. Right. So, to me, I would definitely 
look into trading him as a asset because I think these developing teams would like someone like that. I think he could be he could go to a developing team and be the man. He may not be the you know leading scorer, but he could be a go to another go to guy to a team that has go to guys already. Uh, I just I'm I'm worried that Denver made the such a critical roster mistake that they'll never recover from. I think I think they'll recover from it. I do. But it's not not so much recover like they'll suck or become a lottery team. They they'll disappoint as contenders because their weaknesses are easier to expose. Mm. Yeah. Maybe like one thing Grant is scoring a lot with Detroit, but he's not playing that much different outside of the fact that he's getting more shots. Right. And like Denver, I thought maximized how much how much of an impact he could have even when he doesn't get a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if maybe he really wanted like a, a situation with more of a role, more of a prominent role. Yeah. And if that was the case, then, you know, this was... They couldn't have done anything about it. Yeah. But if this was a case of, like, they didn't want to invest enough in him, and as said this in the offseason, the only way they could think that is because of Porter Jr. I'm going to be honest, man. And this may be a major hot take. I think Denver... I think Murray and Jokic are toxic for anybody. I don't think they could pick anyone else up for this team and then help the team just because of how Murray and Jokic play. And maybe not attitude-wise. Well, yeah, probably attitude-wise, too. Because I've seen when Porter Jr. misses a shot, I've seen Jokic and Murray get upset. Especially Jokic. I've seen him run down court with his arms flopping up and down yes. all mad. Like, you know, I was open and you but took that's the thing. one extra shot. <clears throat> they didn't do that for Grant, but Grant deserved more shots than he did. Because obviously, anyone capable of getting forty should take more than ten shots a game, every game. Right, right. Especially at the at well, the position he was, but he wasn't. And the thing is, um, I think they, I think, from a GM's perspective, you think, okay, well, Porter Jr. will just get more shots, but. When you see the team, Jokic and Murray don't let that happen. They just get more shots. But it's not like, again, he doesn't play with energy when that happens. I'm not saying you're wrong, but like I see it in the Clippers, and Ibaka doesn't get lazy because he doesn't touch the ball. Yeah, but Porter Jr. is a scorer. That's but all dude, he does. You gotta, dude, you gotta, you, you, you're getting touches... Some games, if you're not an elite creator, you're not just going to be able to take tough spot-ups all night. But it, I, I agree, but it if someone was to get someone like Porter Jr. open on paper, you would think Jokic would get him get him shots. And it doesn't happen. And it's it's a I think it's a two all I'm saying is I think it's a two-sided thing. Porter Jr. doesn't play with energy and he doesn't like assert himself into getting shots. Even Doesn't last make year, good decisions. he would come down. He'd get rebounds. You know, he'd have his best games. He would get a lot of rebounds. He hit a lot of threes. 
But still, back then, it was almost like he had to force his way into getting those shots. It was like one of those... It always felt like that. But this year, they're not letting him do that. And the thing is, this is when he would have to do it the most, and it's harder. It looks harder this year. Like I don't, I don't see him able to just run it, in, run into the lane every time a shot goes up, and just snatch a rebound and put it back up, like he had the, like he did last season. It's probably just exhausting. Like dang, now that this team took a chance and and uh, put their confidence in me, they let four guys go for me, and they're still not. Nothing has changed. They're not giving me the ball. It's funny. I don't disagree with you. I think Jokic is more of like a uh, just a on-court personality issue. Yeah. I think with Murray, it's more of a play style issue. That's true. Because Murray is starting to look like that, like you know, pickup god type of player. Yeah. Uh, and it's it doesn't really work well when the the whole team needs to get involved. Right. Uh, but the problem for me is, and this is why I think it's a mistake. We we don't know for sure if like if Jokic and Murray are toxic to such an extent that it's hurting the team. Mm-hmm. But we knew coming out of last season that whether they're toxic or not, Grant is a perfect fit on this team. Yeah. And Porter Jr. last year, even having 40-point games, every time we watched him, why does he not have any chemistry with any other player on the roster? I agree. Yes. So to me, in the off season, and again, I'm a little more like straightforward for Denver because I think they're good enough. Mm-hmm. I I would have if the option was there to keep Grant and slightly break the bank, even to a, a certain extent, break the bank and limit the depth. Yeah. I would have taken that risk over maybe Porter Jr. will figure it out with the guys. Maybe Porter Jr. will become consistent at getting buckets. Oh yeah, or maybe he'll you know become consistent third option. I I completely agree. I I would have, uh, I would have done the same thing. And but the thing is, you know, we're saying that from the GM's perspective, but on Grant's perspective, he might have said, "Look, man, every time I get a lot of shots, we win." And Grant might know the Jokic and Murray thing wasn't right for him. That's, you could be right. That's that's something I didn't account for. That could be a, a good point. Because it, it's, it's just bizarre that a team is a clear contender and you lose three solid rotation pieces out of nowhere. And they got nothing. It's not like they... Not like when the Cavs gave Tristan Thompson all that money and they couldn't get anyone else. They got nothing. They didn't sign anybody. Nobody meaningful. I mean, they signed Composo and Hartenstein. They don't well, make... Jamichael Green was supposed to be meaningful, and he's been just a waste of clock. Yeah, I mean, it, no... You know, nobody would pay Jermichael Green and risk losing Tory Craig, Plumley, and Jeremy Grant. I, I can't believe... Craig, I don't really care. Craig could have walked no matter what happens. Uh, but Plumley was such an impactful player for them. I, I agree, Craig could have walked, but the fact that they had him, I'm, I'm just surprised that they just let him walk. I, I don't understand. You know what the weird thing for me, like similar, you know, more to what you're saying? Because 
it, one more thing. The Bucks yeah, didn't pay ahead. Craig more money than Denver could have. Right. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead. It's just weird that, like, I I agree with you on the toxic point, but like, there's certain players on the roster that clearly Jokic trusts and like account you know counts on. And like, like why? You trust Monty Morris to like control the offense, do pretty much anything he wants. Oh yeah, and, and, and kudos to Monte Morris because he's a, an elite backup point guard. Mm-hmm. But like you trust Will Barton, who's been trash all year. Will Barton gets to take anything he wants. Yeah, but we can't look for Michael Porter Jr. because he missed a tough shot. Right. All Barton does is take tough shots. Yeah, like we we trust we trust Barton to shoot anything. We trust like Jamichael Green to be this full time shooter now. Uh, mm-hmm. But Gary Harris getting good shots? Oh, we can't do that. No, no, no. Gary Harris got to work hard for that. Yeah, like I don't understand the the priorities with the role distribution. Well, I'll tell you what I think it is. Um, well, aside from Barton. Those other guys get Jokic assists. I think. <laughs> okay, that 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 could be why. Yeah. Yeah, if you could just stand there and I pass it to you. No, no, no. Don't don't take more than two dribbles. Just stay right there. And I'll, <laughs> the I'll Brooklyn effect. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing is Porter was isoing like LeBron, and getting buckets. I think I mean that's a whole different story. He was making Jokic not necessary on the court sometimes, and no one else does that. I mean, Harris does that, but you see, like you said, they make Harris work for shots. Harris could ISO a lot of the guards that guard him. He's- yeah, Harris could, like, force drives, you know, maybe not as much as Barton, but, like, some of the Barton forces. Harris is way better than Barton in every way to me. Harris is an under-control player. Harris is, like, one of those guards that would be on fire with San Antonio right now. Yeah, like he fits into that. Like he's just a really good get Tough, a bucket guard. Physical knows how to play. Yeah, and he. I mean, I I loved Gary Harris in college. I was excited when he went to the Nuggets. But you see, <laughs> Jokic does not let them. The only person who can ISO is Murray, and you know Barton here every once in a while, and a lot if of times he, if he makes some shots, right? If he makes some or shots, or if I'm not out there. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. When Jokic isn't out there, oh, Barton, do, do your what thing. you do. What you want? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Once the coach sees that I need to come back in, I I come right back in because you're playing terrible. But those other guys, Morris is a guy. He he comes down. He hits that little mid range jumper, maybe a floater. Otherwise, he lets Jokic handle the ball. And he knows how to play off of Jokic very well. He does. And that, that's the thing. I don't see any effort to get Porter Jr. to play off of Jokic. No but effort. This is, this is where I completely, like, Denver pisses me off in, in regards to this because my my problems with Porter is that he's not willing to do, like, the basic basketball player things. Right. Again, I said to start with, I have no concerns about how much talent he got. Right. I know that he could be an unstoppable scoring threat. Yeah. And... Denver, for whatever reason, they haven't like they haven't given him a consistent opportunity to develop. Right. I, I Kuzma got it. Like every young up and Brandon Ingram got it, and 
once he went to a new team. Yeah. And it's just like Michael Porter deserves that opportunity. I think that if Michael Porter Jr. decides to leave Denver, he will be he will have a similar chance to explode like Brandon Ingram. I don't think I'm not saying he will. I just think that he'll have the opportunity to take at least 15 shots a game. I think we'll really see what he is then. But this team is just—he's someone. We know he's capable of getting 40. He's capable of getting 25 plus. He's easily capable of getting 20 a night. But he barely gets 10 shots a night. Yeah. And and, and it's—I just—I'm not as sold on the like the fact that Jokic is such a problem. Yeah, uh, but it's it's looking weird. I won't I'll say that. I I don't I don't want to single out Jokic, even though I think that's a possibility. I think it's just more of a team. It's a team thing at this point because Jokic is the team. The team revolves around Jokic. He's he plays point guard. Um, you know, so it's it's a team chemistry thing more than it is just Jokic for me. That's that's fair. That's a fair point. Yep. Uh, let's see what else. What else in the league? I feel like there was one other topic we talked about. I'm glad Rose is playing well for the Knicks. By the way, I, I didn't mention that earlier, but when we were talking about the Knicks, I'm glad D Rose is back with Thibodeau. Did you hear the um, what Dwayne Casey said about Rose? No. He said that Rose came to him and said, hey, coach, you know, I don't have a lot of miles left. I just want to go on a team that might make the playoffs. <laughs> and they traded him to the Knicks. But That's, that's wow. And he said, yeah, man, I'll, I'll help you find something and find somewhere you're happy. It just sounded really sad that how Rose put that and then they <laughs> yeah. sent him to the Knicks. Like, yeah, that's that's odd. But Thibodeau, I think I, I feel like if Rose was consulted, if they were respectful enough to, you know, like, would you want to go play for Thibodeau Thibs again? Like, I'm sure he said yes. I do too. I am too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's really all I got, man. Um, we're moving to Sundays from here on. Oh, you have anything else, NBA? Uh, no, that's pretty much it far stuff i've noticed yeah so we're moving to sundays so people who've been waiting for us on thursdays make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to us at um, we'll be here on sundays from now on football season's over so our sunday nights are clear um sunday nights by the way and monday morning i guess uh i don't think i have anything else uh, we will we'll have a lot of music this weekend if if a couple things drop. Yeah, I'm counting on at least two things to drop, and we got a little bit from last week that we'll bring on Sunday. We'll probably have our full double on Sunday. So, uh, anything else? No, thank you guys for listening as always. Yep. Uh, take us home, little Ace Hood. It's been a while since.
mind wander. Oh, you thinking dirty? I was thinking you can't rob me, Miss Kentucky Derby. I dream about it. Let's take advantage. My body on your body, hope that you can manage. Got him on it, damn it. Feels good. Pulling on the header, let her know I'm still hood. Damn right. Serve her the real. This year the ace, special year that she know the deal. I'm just so sedated And I guarantee I do you better than your past or latest Body to body Where is the sign it? Then if I hit your spot that I'll make you tsunami Change up your sheets No time to sleep Ask her what she thinking She reply that I'm a beast Yeah she reply that I'm a beast Got it locked between the sheets And even in the streets Baby you don't have to try to read my mind Cause you know I wanna get it in Yeah and tell me why My tattoos. I'm pulling your hair, you scream my name. Call me daddy, baby, I got you. Girl, get in. 